0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship. Today as we gather around the Word, we celebrate the amazing grace, the rich love of the Lord our God who came to find us when we were lost in sin and unbelief and makes us his own. Today's Gospel reading and the words of our sermon text this morning from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming to Jesus to hear him. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. He told them this parable. Which one of you, if you had 100 sheep and lost one of them, would not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls together his friends and his neighbors, telling them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Amen. My dear family in Christ, Pretty amazing, isn't it? How one little piece of metal, two or three inches long, about a sixteenth of an inch thick, can completely turn your day upside down? Or haven't you ever lost your car key? What if it's the only key that you have to that car? Then what? Would you retrace your steps? Would you play the day over in your mind, following each moment of your day until that point when you last had your car key? Would you empty out your purse? Would you rifle through your junk drawer? Would you maybe even go digging in your garbage can? You'd look frantically for that car key because without that car key, you're not going to work, you're not going to get the kids to school, you're not going to run to the store and grab a bite for dinner. You value that key. If you'd go to such great lengths to find a missing car key, What if, heaven forbid, one of your loved ones went missing? Then what? Well, you'd call the police. You'd have them issue an Amber Alert. You'd scour your neighborhood. You'd get together as many people as you could to form a a search party. You'd empty out your life savings to post a, a handsome reward. You would spare no expense. You would spare no effort because your missing loved one is a treasure to you. A treasure. See, now we're thinking God's way. As our Lord Jesus made his way to Jerusalem one last time, where he knew that he was about to sacrifice himself to be that Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world, Jesus told a parable to teach us the truth. That in God's system of sizing things up, Every soul's a treasure. You know, Jesus was gaining popularity with one group of people. But he was gaining the ire of another group. Luke says here that all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to Jesus to hear him. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. You may find yourself at some point at a McDonald's restaurant. You sit down at a table for a quick bite to eat. And you pretty much tune everyone around you out. And you pull out your phone and you scroll through it while you wolf down your hamburger. You you don't really pay any attention to the other people there. You, You probably don't know a single one of them. You'll probably never see them again in your life. So you don't have any interaction with them. But not in Jesus' day. Back in biblical times, to sit down with someone and to share a meal with them, that meant something. It was a way of sharing a connection. It was about you caring about them. It was about you loving them, accepting them. And that's why the religious gurus of Jesus' day were appalled that Jesus would welcome tax collectors, men who would cheat people out of their hard-earned money, consistently charging them far more than they actually owed for their taxes, and that Jesus would sit down and eat with sinners, that is, people who were leading an openly sinful, ungodly, and immoral life. Now think this through those people who knew that they brought nothing to the spiritual table, the tax collectors and sinners, came flocking to Jesus. But those who thought that they already had it all spiritually, the Pharisees and the experts in the law, kept their distance from Jesus and turned up their noses at him. See, the Pharisees and the experts didn't really believe that every soul is a treasure. They figured that tax collectors and sinners were individuals that just needed to be written off and avoided, that they should be left without help and without hope, and thus without heaven. But every soul's a treasure. So, to underscore that important truth, Jesus didn't talk to us here about losing car keys, he does talk to us here about losing a sheep talks to us about a shepherd dropping everything and going to search for that sheep until he finds it. Who does that? Who would leave behind 99 perfectly wonderful sheep and go looking after just one stubborn, rebellious sheep? It's lost. I mean, it it nibbles here, it nibbles there, it's looking for good pasture. Before you know it, that sheep is nowhere to be found. It's my understanding that when a sheep gets lost, it doesn't start trying to find its way back home. It rather just plops down and lays there, kind of wallowing in its lostness. Furthermore, you've got to remember that the area in which Jesus was traveling when he spoke these words, this was some rugged wilderness. There were brambles and briars and thorns and bushes and jagged rocks and steep cliffs. So, who's going to care if just one sheep out of a hundred sheep gets lost? The shepherd does. Now, think about that. Why does the shepherd care so much about one lost sheep? It's not that that particular sheep is just invaluable and he can't get by without it. You know what leads that shepherd to go looking for the sheep? His character. He's a shepherd. That's what shepherds do. They tend to the sheep. They look after the sheep. They take care of the sheep. And they go looking for a sheep if one of them happens to go wandering off. Can't you kind of just hear this shepherd thinking to himself, I'm not losing a sheep. I come from a long family of shepherds. My grandfather never lost a sheep. My dad never lost a sheep. And I'm not going to lose a sheep either. He's passionate about a sheep. So he goes looking, high and low, calling out, searching, walking through that rugged terrain, looking underneath bushes, looking behind rocks, no matter what kind of horrible weather. I've got to find that sheep. As Jesus says, he goes after that one lost sheep until he finds it. Well, of course. That ultimate shepherd, that's Jesus your Savior is the one who once said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Because that's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. He wasn't about to leave us lost, no matter what it took, because every soul's a treasure to Jesus. So driven was your Christ to save the lost. So filled with passion was Jesus for the whole human race, that he traded his heavenly throne for a lowly feeding trough, a manger bed. Jesus entered into the rugged terrain of the sinful world as our substitute. The Holy Son of God willingly put himself under the demands of God's holy law to render the perfect life that we don't have. Jesus went searching for lost souls who were not searching for him. Actually, souls who were perfectly content grazing in the world's wickedness and wallowing in their sin. But the character of your loving Savior led him to say, I've got to find that sheep. And so willing to do whatever it was going to take, Jesus stretched out his holy arms and was willingly nailed to the cross. The sinless one became sin for us, suffered a, a punishment that he did not deserve. As you see that Jesus on the cross, suffering, bleeding, and dying, can there be any doubt in your mind but that every soul is a treasure to Jesus? Can you come to any other conclusion that that Jesus loves you, loves you more than you'll ever know? Every soul's a treasure to Jesus. And so the shepherd goes looking for his one lost sheep. That lost sheep was me. That lost sheep was you. That's not an easy thing for us to admit. We don't like to have to admit that we were lost in sin and separated from God. God. We'd like to give ourselves a lot more credit than that. There are times when we'd like to think in the back of our mind that we went searching for Jesus instead of the other way around. But the fact remains, it says in Isaiah 53, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And even having been found, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord... We all have inside of us that awful sinful nature that just wants to be left alone. We think that we can handle things all by ourselves. We want to work out our own spiritual struggles. Repent, Lord? Maybe, but when I'm good and ready. But until then, I'm just going to wallow in my sin for a while and be lost. We want the Lord to acquiesce to our agenda. We want the Lord to do our will instead of us conforming our lives to his agenda and carrying out his will as we live. And all of that makes it even more amazing that every soul's a treasure to Jesus. So won't you praise God for his relentless grace today? Jesus would never be satisfied to leave you in your lostness. The Lord is not willing that anyone should perish, but that everyone should come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. He will pursue you. When you stray in sin, he will use your conscience to call you back. He will use the cautions and the warnings of his holy word to show you your sin and to help you turn away from it. He might use Christ-loving family members and friends to to go to you, to show you your losses, to, to reach out to you and reclaim you. But he does that because you're a treasure to him and he doesn't ever want to lose you. So he goes searching. And Jesus says here, when he finds that lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. There's no complaining about what a pain in the neck this dumb sheep is, having to waste all of his time running around chasing after it. And when the shepherd gets the sheep home, he doesn't threaten that sheep, saying, You know, I really ought to have you for dinner. You're lucky. Jesus says, he rejoices. He calls his friends and his neighbors over. He says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. Heaven erupts in a song of joy. Jesus says that there is joy in heaven, joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. You know, earlier in our worship service, when you joined your heart and your voice with mine and we openly admitted to the Lord, that we have sinned against him and deserve only his wrath and punishment, when you pled to him for his mercy, and when he responded through me, your called servant, to assure you that God has forgiven all your sins, your heart was glad and comforted, I pray. And friend, the angels in heaven erupted in a song of joy That moment when a a little child is brought to the baptismal font and and with a few hands full of of water connected with a powerful word of God, that child's sins are are washed away and that that little baby is given faith in Jesus as its Savior and it's made a, a dear child of his heavenly Father. The angels in heaven erupt in a song of praise. There's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Whenever you think it through, And then pray about it. And then go and tell someone you know about Jesus and you lead them into what the Bible says about sin and grace, about life and death, about heaven and hell, about being lost and found. And when suddenly, through the words that you're sharing, the Holy Spirit creates faith in the heart of that person you're talking to, and they, they come to know and trust and confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the angels in heaven erupt in a joyful song of praise. Because every soul's a treasure. And now, having been found, the Lord Jesus has commissioned us, His church, to go into all the world and preach the good news, to reach the lost with the gospel, to tell more people about Jesus. Won't you do that? Look for people that you know that you can talk to. Sit down with them. Ask them what they believe about God, what they believe about the Bible, what they believe about life after death, and listen to them. And after they've shared with you some of what they believe, ask them, tell me, why do you believe that? That's interesting. And then when they turn around and ask you, well, what do you believe? Now you're ready to share with them what the Bible teaches and point them to Jesus. Do that not just with your words, but, but do that with your weekly generous offerings too as we support our ministries here and around the world, here in our church, in our preschool, in our school, in our Sunday school. We get these repeated opportunities to tell people every day about Jesus. With our offerings supporting, supporting Synod's mission work, we're sending pastors and missionaries far and wide here in America and around the world to tell people about Jesus. And when those souls are brought to saving faith in Christ, no matter who they are, no matter where they are, heaven erupts in a song of praise, because every soul's a treasure. Even if you were to work your entire lifetime sharing Jesus tirelessly with people. And even after when all was said and done, as far as you could tell, there was only one person, just one out of hundreds, who was brought to faith through the power of the gospel. Would it be worth it? Ask yourself, what if that one soul was me? Wouldn't you be rejoicing that someone cared enough to tell you about the gospel? Wouldn't that make your heart glad? What you rejoice, Jesus does, the angels in heaven do. A humble shepherd, a lost sheep, a heavenly celebration. With those simple concepts, Jesus is giving us this spectacular glimpse inside his loving heart, a heart that is all about seeking and saving the lost. Dear church, let's be about that too. Let's keep living in humble repentance every day. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's stay in his word. Let's keep growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's be determined to never be lost again. And let's open our hearts and our eyes to see and to seek the lost souls who are all around us because after all every soul's a treasure amen